This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Holdish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and on my blog, The Whole Dish at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. I've eaten so much pasta in my life. I should be an honorary Italian. <laughs> that was the premise of my most recent column in the Mail Tribune's food section, a la carte. Those columns can be found online at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash food. And despite the fact that hands down, pasta is probably the one thing I just can't do without. I've been known to say that if stranded on a desert island and I could only eat one food for the rest of my life, probably be a very short life (laughs) for lack of nutrition. It would be pasta as long as I had some salt. You know, desert island, seawater certainly works. And some kind of fat, even if that was coconut oils, I suppose, although I would prefer better. But I've never actually made good on being a true pasta aficionado. I was just a, a mere pasta pretender, as I called myself in my column, because I've never made my own pasta from scratch, from dough, rolled it out, and cut it. That was certainly something that I justified in my own mind is best left to the experts. There are so many people who could do it better than me. Why did I want to spend the time to do that, particularly when one of pasta selling points is how quickly it can be prepared, although I fully am aware of how superior fresh pasta is. And it cooks, of course, even more quickly, just in a couple of minutes compared with dry pasta, which may take 10 minutes or so. Really, it was just my own self-doubt, worry that my own ineptitude at this, just my own kind of heavy-handedness would give my favorite food a black eye. It would sort of lose its luster a little bit, so to speak, if my pasta fell short. But I finally had to give up this sort of negative self-talk around it and and self-doubt when a friend of mine who has eaten a number of my pasta dishes and enjoyed them offered me a pasta machine that he had purchased some years ago because he admired some friend's pasta that they made from scratch. He wanted to try to do it himself, but he had just never had the gumption to break out the pasta machine and make it happen. Would I want this pasta machine, he asked, and I couldn't very well turn it down particularly not when he considers me a a cook of of some note and I wanted to live up to those expectations for myself as as well. I mean, it's it's about time I mastered this kitchen feat, this new technique. I had been putting it off for the additional reasons of not wanting to buy another appliance. I didn't want to buy the attachment to the KitchenAid mixer for making pasta, although I know full well that there is one. I rarely break out my KitchenAid mixer a few times a year, so I was sort of reluctant to to use it to make pasta. I didn't want another gadget kind of cluttering up my countertops and cupboards, even though I, I know that pasta can be rolled out by hand and shaped by hand. But of course, that takes a considerable amount of practice. The pasta machine seemed the best way, but just was something I, 
I wasn't all that interested in purchasing until I got one for free. And it offered me a really fun activity to do with my two sons who were six and four and liked to help me in the kitchen. I certainly talked this pasta machine up, how it would be sort of kind of similar to rolling out Play-Doh, which, which, you know, that's part of the appeal for adults, I think. They have a little Play-Doh kind of culinary set. And when I told them this would sort of be right in that vein, they were all for it and couldn't wait to help. This particular pasta machine, it's a vintage model, and they're fairly widely available. They're still available online new by the company Mercato, which is an Italian company, and these machines are manufactured in Italy. This one happens to be called an Olympia, which is, I don't believe, one of their current models stamped right across the front, but I think it's a few decades old at least, and I do believe that they're still available on eBay. But this basic, no bells and whistles pasta machine that has the roller for making pasta sheets, and then there's two settings for cutting two different widths of noodles is very, very common and certainly easily obtainable for just about anyone. My particular machine from my friend was still in the in the box and it was full of the previous owners' recipes and clippings from newspapers and magazines that they apparently used with this pasta machine or intended to use. He per- picked this up at a garage sale. So they were certainly circa 19, late 1970s and 80s as far as I could tell. I didn't really bother with any of those recipes because I knew exactly the source I wanted to consult. And it's one I looked at many, many times over the years, illustrated in a cookbook that's sort of my go-to for a wide variety of techniques. It's quite an encyclopedic volume and not surprisingly, it's called 1001 Essential Recipes, classic recipes with essential techniques for every occasion. It's published by Bay Books in 2003, and it's just a great cookbook that I consult time and time again. It's it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about 600 pages, including the index, and kind of right smack in the middle in the rice and noodles section is a two-page spread titled Making Pasta, and it gives instructions for the dough. It gives instructions for rolling it by hand and for using a machine. So I knew that this would be an authoritative source that would set me off in the right direction. It is published in Britain, and so they tend to use a lot of measurements that aren't quite as common in the United States. Of course, for doughs and for baking, I'm certainly hip to the fact that people who do this professionally typically weigh their ingredients rather than measuring them with the old cups English system that that we habitually use in the United States for home cooking. I do have a kitchen skill, so that's certainly something I could accomplish and that I was confident with. So the basic recipe for basic plain pasta dough, and this is what a lot of people would call an egg pasta dough because it does include eggs. Not every dough does. This one calls for 10 ounces of plain all-purpose flour, three large eggs, and an ounce of olive oil plus a pinch of salt. That's it. It's easy enough to combine those ingredients in a stand mixer and mix this with a dough hook, as I indicated in this week's column in the Meal Tribune food section. The columns are also titled The Whole Dish. I wanted to try 
the kind of iconic crater of flour <laughs> on the countertop method with the eggs cracked into the center, which I've seen plenty of times done on TV and still doubt it. Really? Is that really going to work? It just looks like it's going to make a big mess. But I went ahead and did it anyway with my kids helping no less. And it actually it is fairly foolproof. I would definitely recommend this method. It starts by mounding the flour on the work surface. Clean kitchen countertop, I think, is the, the best bet. Or in a large bowl, if you really want to keep this confined. Make a well in the center of the flour. Again, it kind of looks like a crater. Break the eggs, that's three large eggs, into the well. And then drizzle on the ounce of olive oil and sprinkle on the pinch of salt. And then using a fork, you sort of drag the flour into the eggs, gradually blending it, working from the center out. And before you know it, this comes together into something that just looks improbable into a fairly workable dough. You need that dough on your clean work surface, lightly floured for six minutes or until it's soft, smooth, and elastic and, and sort of dry to the touch. You don't want this to be sticky or it won't roll through the pasta machine. It'll get stuck. You still kind of have to flour it a little bit, flour the machine, but you definitely want to knead in a little bit more flour if it's sticky so it's smooth when you touch the surface. Cover it with plastic wrap and allow it to rest for 30 minutes. This is an important step, of course, so all the ingredients will sort of absorb that egg absorbs into the flour and it makes a nice homogenous dough it can be rolled out by hand as I mentioned that is certainly something that takes a fair amount of practice again to get a nice end product but of course I had my new pasta machine and my boys were excited about using that and so we were ready to go it starts by dividing the dough into four portions, four, four even portions, and keep the ones that aren't being worked covered so they don't dry out. Take one portion and flatten it with a rolling pin, forming rectangles roughly the same width as your machine. Lightly dust the dough and the pasta machine rollers with flour. And this is quite a process. I would say from start to finish, rolling and cutting all the dough takes about half an hour. So it is a labor of love. It's a really, really delicious end result. We were doing it on a special day for a Father's Day meal, but it is going to take some time, particularly when it's your first time, like it was mine, and you're, you're just trying to figure it out. Set the machine rollers to the widest setting and then crank the dough through the machine two or three times, feeding it back through each time. Fold the dough into thirds. One end up into the center, the other end up into the center is how I did that. Turn it 90 degrees from the way it initially was in the pasta machine and then feed it through again, repeating that process eight to 10 times until the pasta dough is smooth and elastic and has a velvety appearance. And this is when you start rolling the dough incrementally thinner by adjusting the settings on the machine. And on my machine, they're numbered. 
reduce the roller width by one setting and pass the dough through and repeat this process with the roller setting one notch closer each time until the dough is rolled to the required thickness. I wanted to roll it really thin. I realized I probably didn't need to roll it quite as thin as I did. I could have stopped short, maybe one setting, but that again is sort of personal preference as well. I like a really thin, tender pasta. And then if using the cutting attachments on the machine, pass the length through immediately after rolling, then allow them to dry for 10 minutes. The drying and separating part I found out is maybe even more tricky than rolling the dough through the machine. In Italian cooking, now the stereotypical way of separating noodles and letting them dry is by hanging them on a broomstick set over two chair backs. That's certainly something people can still do today. But my mother-in-law actually mentioned to me that Lydia Bastianich, I think, sort of the famed Italian-American chef with the PBS show, she advocates just laying the strands out on a kitchen towel, lightly floured kitchen towel on a baking sheet, leaving them that way remembering to shake off any excess flour before the pasta is cooked in in rapidly boiling salted water of course i did not take enough care with this step and didn't separate them into sort of straight strands taking care not to let them touch as much as i could i sort of let them be bunched up still a little bit and they did clump together somewhat during cooking. It also may have been because I had a little bit too much pasta for the size of my cooking vessel and the amount of water I had. But next time, it would definitely take the extra couple of minutes to arrange the strands in a nice straight rows to ward off any sticking or clumping as much as possible. This pasta was absolutely delicious. We chose a what I would consider a fettuccine whip, we tossed it in a very, very simple pan sauce of butter, lemon zest, white wine, and I added some lightly sauteed gulf shrimp, garlic scapes, and roasted yellow bell peppers. And it was just super simple, three very purposeful ingredients, and I really felt like the sweetness of the bell peppers sort of accentuated the shrimp and the lemon, and of course the garlic scapes are just a little bit milder flavor than actual garlic cloves and add a nice pop of, of green to the whole presentation. And it's just utterly delicious and very simple apart from the rolling of the pasta dough, which we turned into a fun afternoon activity, which I will definitely, definitely do again now that I have the confidence and would certainly share this with special guests, friends who come to the house and make it sort of a pasta party. So read more about that. Find the recipe for basic egg pasta dough in this week's column in the Mail Tribune food section a la carte. My columns are also titled The Whole Dish, and you can find those at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash food and read my blog at mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Thank you for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.